2: Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Oh, hey, everybody. It's so great to be connecting with all of you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I just so, so, so love all of what you guys have been telling us, emails you've been sending us, text message you've been sending. Somehow you got my little cell phone. That was fascinating how you guys did that. You're really, 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 really kind of smart. But, you know, whatever it is that you do, however you reach out to us, sometimes you send an email through our comments page at the Dr. Pat Show or Transformation Talk Radio, and we do answer those. So if we haven't gotten back to you, it either means one or two things. Uh, it either means that uh, the email didn't get to us or we're probably still working on it. Uh, you know, there are some things that I that I absolutely love to chat about. And I, we're going to chat about one of them today. But first, let's say hi to Mr. Benny. Hello, Mr. B. Howdy, What's up? What's up? Yeah, are, sorry. I didn't hear. I guess you didn't hear me say the first one. Nah, how are you twice. doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the sunshine. Ready to hit it ready to hit it. I'm a little worried. Why? I'm a little worried about the strawberries in uh, the Carolinas that may be a little facing, a little freezing over there. But they know what to do about nah,
1: it. I think they're okay.
2: They know what to do about <laughs> it. Yeah, you know, My folks are from the Carolinas, so we know about that frost that they're professionals. comes in. They're professionals. You got to just keep the water <laughs> on the berries, uh-huh. and you got to treat them really nice. You got to talk to them nice. Because and... I love my strawberries, <laughs> Benny. I yeah. got to tell you. Well, f- shortcake and, I mean, the season spring and summer's coming up. Oh, oh, I got to tell you, nobody makes a whipped cream from scratch like Linda. Oh, really? Family recipe. I did not
3: recipe. know this. Oh, excellent.
2: Family recipe. Yep, that's it. Something about those, you know, the way that her family and them Scandinavians whip up that whipped cream is just Amazing. Amazing. Secret Scandahuvian recipe, it exactly. sounds like. Right, nice. So I, I can always count on putting on like at least five pounds if we're going to do <laughs> the Norwegian eating thing. I can count on, I, I'm pretty much going to be counting on like, you know, a five pounder, right? Boom.
3: There.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, that cream sauce and that, oh, oh my gosh. Let me get on with the show, Benny, because I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, I'm you're making me hungry. On, I'm feeling the food Man, right now. You're making now. me hungry. What's going on? feeling the food. I'm so thrilled. Dr. Christian De Quincey joining me here today. You know, his book came across my desk and I thought, yeah, Benny knows this. We get books here. I love books. I'm the kid that grew up in the Bronx that I couldn't read until I was, literally, this was me. I really couldn't read until I was in my 30s and I went back to college, right? Because that's not the way I grew up. I mean, you know, I, I squeaked my way through high school, which is kind of good. Uh, I will admit this. I was out 48 days in my senior year of high school. Uh, but now, I'm, it's so interesting, the world that I live in. I, I, I had to read out of necessity because if you're going to go to college, even me with my 13-year undergraduate degree, hello, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to read. But now I read because I want to. So when I get a book like this, And his book, amazing, Blind Spots, 21 Good Reasons to Think Before You Talk. (laughs) I like to say, think before you tweet, too. This is what this is about. You know, I'm so thrilled he's joining me here today. Professor of Philosophy and Consciousness. I love that you can be a professor of philosophy and consciousness today. I love that. I wish I would have known about that when I was in school. John F. Kennedy University, Dean of Consciousness Studies at, at the University of Philosophical Research. I love that, too. I even thought about going back to school to study this because I love this. But he's also the founder of the Wisdom Academy, and he offers private mentorship consciousness studies. You know, Dr. De Quincey is somebody that is the author of several books because anybody that is in the academic world or in school, we get, we get to publish things. In his case, he gets to write about some of the coolest things on the planets, right? You know, I love that we're going to talk about and think about consciousness from zombies to angels and deep spirit. That's not today, though. But we're going to talk about blind spots, 21 good reasons to think before you talk. Now, I cannot say that that is in my wheelhouse, but maybe after today's show. Dr. De Quincey. Thank you for joining me here today. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Pat. Um, I'm really delighted to be here and having this conversation with you. I'm looking forward to what's going to unfold.
2: And I want to talk with you. I want to start out by talking about you, if I I could, a little bit. Because Mm -hmm. I I, I was looking at a little bit of your journey, and you know that once you write a, a book, or in your case, a lot of books, that people sort of write things about you. They write a bio, they put information out there. But I am fascinated about you and your journey. And I wasn't kidding when I said that, how do you even get to be a dean of consciousness studies? How does anybody do that? So here's my question. You're here with me today. What are some of the challenges? What are some of the obstacles that you have had to overcome to become you and be here in this very moment.
0: Well, wow. um,
1: <laughs>
0: what are the obstacles I to overcome to become me and to be doing what I'm doing at this very moment?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually approach it a little bit differently and say that um, I probably avoided most of the obstacles by deciding <laughs> um, at one point that. I was going to pursue as a career what my passion is in life. Up until that point, I had been—I've had three careers. My first career was as a journalist, and then I moved into PR and marketing communications for high-tech companies, and um, did that for about twelve years. But my soul was never really in that—in the corporate world—and um, so. I've around age 40, I decided, you know, I'm not going to waste my life selling my soul for the almighty dollar. Oh. I want to use my life in a way that is meaningful to me. And so I decided to, um, I basically said, I'm going to devote my life to what my passion is. And at the time, I wasn't 100% clear what my passion was, so I did some... Um, Soul searching and uh, and uh, meditating, and realized that pa- I really had two passions that have continued with me throughout my life. My first mm-hmm. was um, the study of consciousness, to understand consciousness. Uh. And the other was the relationship between humans and other animals. And so that became the focus of my work. And consciousness studies basically informed uh, both of those, informed the relationship between humans. For animals, but also up uh, relationship to be conscious and our bodies. So I just decided I was going to do that on hell or high water and uh, committed to following my passion. And I highly recommend that for everybody out there. If, you, if you're in a job that you don't love and you know what your passion is, if you're pretty clear what your passion might be, commit to that. And, um, And just work to make sure that that becomes the source
2: of uh, support for your life. Wow. I want to talk with you a little bit about, uh, you know, one of the things I, and thank you for sharing that. You know, I too went the way of corporate America. And I don't know, something happens when we get in our 40s, at least that happened for me, like at about 40. And it was Uh, like, uh oh my gosh, what the heck Mm -hmm. am I doing here? What am I doing? Yeah. yeah, making money. But there was something that, uh, how would you explain it when folks get this level of awareness that there needs to be a major transformation in their lives? How do you explain it? And what are some of the blind spots that get in the way of us seeing that?
0: Well, usually, and certainly in my case, and, and as far as I can see from talking to other people who've been through a similar journey, The trigger is usually some kind of dramatic, traumatic event in our lives. In my case, it was a divorce at age 40. And so um, it was an opportunity for me to basically take stock and and take a look at my life and say, you know, what am I doing? And I realized that I wasn't living a life that was deeply satisfying to me and and in a way uh, supporting my, my soul's purpose. And, um, so, and I realized that I am not going to be one of those people you know, who wakes up one day in my 80s or 90s and um, realized that my tombstone was going to say he never quite got around to doing what he wanted to do with life. That was not going to be me. So um, I, right there and then I decided I would go back to college, get my advanced degree in philosophy and, and consciousness studies. Um, in the early days, there was no field uh, called consciousness studies. It's been around now for maybe about 20 years. Uh, and continues to grow, but more and more different. having variation.
2: Well, let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk more about blind spots. Dr. Christian De DeQuincy joining us here today, everybody. Stay tuned. We're going to take a shorty. We'll be right back.
4: radiant authentic self for over 15 years soul purpose advocate nancy monson has been focused on leading change in the lives of those looking to live their true purpose she is devoted to supporting people and living a soul-directed life every day let nancy help you overcome fear worry and doubt visit everydayspirituality.com to learn how nancy can be your soul purpose advocate.
5: Are you and your family looking for one manageable lifestyle change that will positively impact your health? Look no further. That change begins inside your drinking glass. Learn how to put a lid on junk drinking by sipping from a recipe collection of colorful, fresh, tasty, wholesome fruit and vegetable blends. Get your copy now of Sip the Garden. Fun, easy drinks for a healthier family by T. Carrie Mitchell. Visit lifestyle120.com for information on how to order.
2: Hey, everyone. Welcome back. You're listening to Dr. Pat Show Talk Radio to Thrive By. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. So glad to have Dr. Christian DeQuincy joining me here today. The book is Blind Spots, 21 Good Reasons to Think Before You Talk. Um, You know, most of my life, um, most of my life, Christian, I have been told that, you know, my problem was that I was a Sagittarian. That, that's really my blind spot and you know i've come to know that that necessarily isn't true i mean it's not something i have to be but this idea about looking at blind spots good reasons to think before you talk it's really connected to everything isn't isn't it can you talk about the fact how blind spots and how how and why we should really look at these good reasons to think before we talk Talk about why that's so important and what the ripple effect is, would you?
0: Well, well, sure. Basically, as I as I write in in the um, introduction and early chapters of the book, is that blind spots are really um, unquestioned assumptions that we all have um, that make their way into the common discourse as, in the, usually, in the form of cliches and and just ideas that people um, keep speaking and and sharing with each other, but they never really stopped to think, you know, does this really make sense? And so over the years, um, both teaching and people writing to me about my my work, I would come across these cliches, uh, blind spots, just unquestioned assumptions, and I started noting them down. And then after a couple of years, I had enough notes, and I said, well, maybe I should turn this into a book. And... um, Some of the most um, obvious cliches, of course, are things like uh, we create our own reality or everything um, is energy or everything is consciousness or everything is information. These are uh, ideas that you probably hear, if not every day, certainly quite frequently. But when people make these statements, um, of course, as a philosopher, I'm, I'm trying to really think things through deeply and to make sure that they make sense. And so that's really what the book is about. It's encouraging people not to just cut out these cliches, but to think about them first and to really look to see, is this really what I believe? Is this really what I think is the case? And, and to think it through a little bit more than people are used to. It's dangerous because um, when people um, make these statements and, mm-hmm. and believe them to be true, then, unfortunately, we tend to act according to what we believe. And um, we can talk about beliefs, if you like, later on. Yeah. Um, I, I, have a, a, um, I think the whole idea that, you know, that we create reality to what we believe is another um, blind spot that we can we can explore. But if, whatever, if we live our lives according to what we believe, I uh, would basically... Um, living lives that are out of step with reality. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, That A mega distinction is an important distinction between belief and intention. A lot of people think that our beliefs create reality. Um, And I would say that beliefs never create anything except perhaps trouble. Um, Beliefs are not creative. Beliefs are habits of mind. They are frozen fragments of consciousness. Every belief is made up of thought, and the thought is a cognitive snapshot of a moment of experience. And then we accumulate these snapshots in our belief albums, and we turn them into belief systems. But the point is that in every moment we are having an experience, and we don't have to do anything about that. It just happens naturally from moment to moment to moment. But every time we take a snapshot of an experience, in other words, a thought, have a thought about an experience, or an interpretation of the experience. We're basically um, focusing on something that no longer is, because the moment of experience that gave rise to the belief is now replaced by a new moment of experience. And so we get so entrenched by our belief systems that we're looking at these um, tapestries of frozen fragments of consciousness that are no longer related to the current moments of reality, the current moments of experience. And so our beliefs automatically and inevitably push us out of step with reality. So rather than um, operating in the world according to what we believe, I think it's much more important for us to cultivate what I call the experience beyond belief, to pay attention to our actual embodied experience in the moment as our guide to reality rather than our abstract thoughts and our belief systems, which are necessarily always some degree out of step with the current reality.
2: You know, one of the things I was reading in the book that I I really loved and had to really breathe in quite a bit is, you know, this idea on intention and intentional healing. I'm really struck by this because, well, for several reasons. One, um, having, having been doing this for 13 years, I've had many people come on the show that have literally by all demonstration of belief should not be on the planet, right? But they are. And they talk about healing in an interesting way. In your book, you refer to it as uh, intentional healing. And I think you say, or did a talk at one point, and I'd love you to, to, to expand on this, energy healing is often really intentional healing. And I would love for you to, to share your thoughts on that because that is a very powerful, that's a very, very mm-hmm. powerful narrative. And what would happen if that would be something that each of us can embrace?
0: Well, well, yes. Yeah. Um, I do have a chapter on, on healing and mm-hmm. um, specifically the idea of what people refer to as energy healing. And in my work, I make a, a clear distinction between energy and consciousness.
3: Yeah.
0: Energy is something that travels through space, um, either in the form of energy waves or in the form of matter. But energy is something that both occupies space and moves through space. It spreads out in space like a field. But consciousness is nothing like that. Consciousness doesn't exist in space, it you you know, has no size, it has no weight, it has no volume. Um, consciousness has a very different kind of existence to matter or energy. Consciousness, the essence of consciousness is awareness, knowingness. And so consciousness is what knows that energy exists, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> and it's aware of the different forms that energy takes, particularly in matter. The, conscious, the bumper sticker I have that comes that up is consciousness knows, energy flows. The consciousness is the knowingness that energy is flowing through the world. So that's the background. Now, in healing, uh, people often talk about energy healing. But they also recognize that um, sometimes that healing, that distant healing can happen instantly. So, for example, there might be a healer in California um, and the, the, the healee, the, the patient, the client, is somewhere, let's say, in Australia, and um, the healing works instantly. Well, if that's the case, then it cannot be that there's some energy shooting across the, the Pacific from the healer to the healee, because energy travels through space that takes time. So if the healing is instant, then it cannot be a transmission of energy Nevertheless, there's plenty of evidence that that kind of healing takes place, and if it does, then it's got to be something other than an energy transmission to capture the healing. And so I've looked into that, and essentially what I'm saying is happening, it's actually consciousness that's doing the healing. It's not a transmission of energy. Since consciousness doesn't exist in space, then distance is irrelevant to consciousness. And so the person could be in Australia, could be on the moon, could be in another galaxy. It makes no difference, um, because consciousness doesn't exist in space. It doesn't travel. So what happens is in, uh, the, the healer sets up an intention, and that intention is instantly accessible to every sentient being, no matter where they happen to be. And so, the um, let's say, the cells in the body of the, um, of the patient um, shares the meaning of the intention, which would be be whole or be healed, and that meaning then directs the energy within the cells in that person's body that then begins to promote the healing effect within the, the patient, within the, the client. It's not so that any energy has traveled from California to Australia. Instead, the healer created this intention, be healed or be whole, and then that meaning that message um, registered in the cells of the of the recipient, and then those cells got to work um, in, in manifesting that intention within that person's body, and that's how the healing takes place. So There's really intentional healing, not energy healing. There is no energy shooting across the Pacific to, uh, mm. to account for the healing.
2: Wow. Well. We're going to talk lots more with Christian about this. And when we come back, we have a copy of the book to give away. And I just wanted to say this before we go to break. Think about this. From a spiritual perspective, only when our intentions align with divine intention do our intentions achieve manifestation. I'm going to read that again from his book. I love this part of the book. We're going to talk lots about this. From a spiritual perspective, only when our intentions align With divine intention, do our intentions achieve manifestation? In the great cosmic democracy, we all get to vote, but we don't get to decide. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Stay tuned, everybody. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be giving a copy of Blind Spots Away. 21 good reasons to think before you talk. Phone lines are open if you have any questions whatsoever for us. 1-800-930-2819 one 800 mister Benny, take us to break. I found myself dreaming in silver and gold Like a scene from a movie
3: That every broken heart knows We were walking on moonlight And you pulled me close Put a little Woo-hoo! in your life with Keys. Keys Clear Protein Waters have 22 grams of smile-making, attitude-adjusting protein in every bottle. Did I mention its tongue-tingling taste? Not just another guilty pleasure. With Keys, you'll enjoy every low-sugar sip and freedom from gluten, lactose, and GMOs. Who needs the fountain of youth when you can find keys on Amazon or at keys k e e s
4: please dot com? Put a little woohoo in your attitude with Keys Protein Water. Are you searching? Are you searching? Are you looking for a sign? A message, a message you need to hear from the great unknown, from the most mysterious place. That is the most familiar to your soul and the depths of who who you are. The The universe put someone here to talk to. Someone God gave a blessing to that you may find insight with. Theangellady.net. 1-800-323-1790.
3: On Radio, Find Your Shine with Kelly is the show that celebrates what makes you, you. Join co-hosts Kelly Wadler and Dr. Pat Basili as they break down how to brilliantly fuel and move your body and love what makes you shine. Kelly is a professional arts and wellness coach dedicated to helping brilliant women find their confidence, energy, self-love, and shine. Tune in to Shine On Radio with Kelly and find your shine on TransformationTalkRadio.com.
1: Hi, I'm Leslie Fontaine with Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio, and here's your tip of the day. What happens after we shift? An energetic shift can be disconcerting. When you shift from the known to the unknown, you literally are going into unknown territory without the former rules and constraints that held you in check. You feel happiness and joy, but you're nervous about not knowing what's next. Even happiness can be unfamiliar. You just don't have the guardrails. No one's telling you. It's dangerous. Stop. You'll get hurt. Plunge in. Leap. Taste it. Listen to your intuitive guidance. Let yourself step beyond the boundaries that you've known and challenge yourself to listen to your intuitive guidance to your higher self and learn what you were placed here to do. I'm Leslie Fontaine. Visit me at LeslieFontaine.com or call 678-665-3366.
5: Discover the eight things the elements of prosperity want you to know. Lynn Brown is hosting a life-transforming, soul-expanding evening on April 30th featuring guest speaker and radio host Dr. Pat Basile. Lynn was guided to make this a by-donation event for entrance and all proceeds will be donated towards uplifting the homeless community. For more information and to get tickets, visit eventbrite.com. That's eventbrite.com and type Lynn Brown in the search.
0: And then I was all alone I woke up in tears with you by my side,
2: breath of relief, and I realized... Hey everybody, it's so great to be uh, chatting with all of you today. Uh, I'm so thrilled to have you know Dr. Christian De, De joining me here today. The book is called Blind Spots, uh, 21 Good Reasons to Think before You Talk. And there are so many things that, that, you know, Christian has put in the book. It's just phenomenal to me. You know, it's the kind of thing that, I, you know, I have to open up and I have to think about, wow, everything is alive, really. Let's think about that. Um, but before we jump into that, uh, would love to give a copy of the book away. 1-800-930-2819. We'll go to the first caller. Um, and then Christian, what's the best way for people to find out more about you? Well, probably
0: the best way is to go to my website, um, dot um, on my Facebook page, Consciousness for Life. Um, they get a lot of material in, in either of those sections, and, um, they can also subscribe to my, um, my, my blog, IQ, if News. Um, if they go to one or all three of those, they'll get a lot of, um, examples
2: of my my work. Awesome. Thank you. Um yeah. I wanted to get back to what I read from the book uh before we went to break. Um you're talking about divine uh intention. You're also this is where you were talking a bit about the you know the idea of the cosmic uh dem- democracy. But yeah. there's a couple there's a line in here that I grabbed onto. And it was it's this from a spiritual perspective, only when our intentions align with the divine inten- with divine intention, do our intentions achieve manifestation. And and then it was like, oh, no, please write more about that. And I thought mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you about that. I would love ah. for you to explain that, because I know in the pre- previous pages in the book you do. But I'd so love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Well, well, sure, and, and the, the key idea there is the phrase Aiden that you, go- you,
2: you use, which is the cosmic
0: democracy. And what that refers to is that um, every sentient being, and of course that's not just humans, it's all animals, but it's not just animals, it's um, cells and molecules and atoms, and the, uh, the philosophy that, that uh, seems to make the most sense to me is called panpsychism, which means that um, everything that exists, Um, has some degree of sentience, some degree of consciousness, some degree of awareness. So throughout the cosmos, there are innumerable gazillions of sentient beings, and at every moment, every one of those beings is making a choice, is aware of different possibilities, and is making a choice among those possibilities. And so um, every and every being has its own intention. And some of those intentions are aligned and some of them are cross purposes. But at any any particular moment in time, um, there is a, if you like, there's a, the common denominator of all these these um, choices. And so any particular choice that we make just contributes to that ocean of choices that are made by all the beings in, that exist in the world. Yeah. And so for our choices, Our intentions and choices to make a difference in the world, they have to be aligned with. They have to serve the the current wave of the cosmic democracy, that every one of us gets to vote. Yes, we get to make a choice, but we don't get to decide the outcome. Um, As you and Dr. Listeners are aware of, I'm certainly aware of it in my life, that um, just because I have a clear intention, there's no guarantee that it's going to manifest. There have been times when I've discovered that, um, even though I was quite sure that it was going to come about, it didn't come about, and so I realized that there there are other forces at work in the world besides my own choice and intention, and basically those other forces are the choices and intentions made by all the other sentient beings in the world, and if my particular intention at any particular moment is not aligned with all of these other totality of all these other intentions, then it's not going to be manifest. And when I refer to the divine intention, what I'm talking about is the collective intentions of all the sentient beings, all the consciousnesses in, in the cosmos. At any one moment, that's what the divine intention is. And if our individual personal attention is not aligned with that, it's not going to manifest. So there's good news and bad news there. Basically, it means that um, the, the bad news is for the ego, it means that if the, if the intention is an expression of some uh, personal egoic uh, preference, then it's not likely to come about. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is that if our intentions do get manifested, it means that they are contributing to the onward evolution of the cosmos, that it is aligned with the forward momentum, of the great cosmic democracy.
2: You know, I, I, someone made a comment to me the other day, and I and I, I wanted to, to say it to you, because mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it a lot, and thank you, Christian, for that. What I've been thinking about is what somebody said to me the other day, and what they said was that in the world we live in today, if we plug in, like most of the mainstream people do in our country here in the United States, right? Um, But if we're plugging in, and what do I mean by plugging in? From a digital point of view, it's your phone, it's Facebook, it's social media, it's television, it's radio. If people are staying plugged in as many hours as some of the research says that we are, the question that this gentleman raised was, is this the end of any original thought that we could possibly have? And I had to think about what is he saying? And I thought about it for a minute and I thought, oh, I see what he's saying, is that we are now taking in so much information that what we are now, not originators of thought, we're synthesizers of thought. And I I wanted to ask you about that because you talk about mind, you talk about thought, uh, especially in the context of consciousness. How do we, how do we translate the modern day we live in, Christian, and the the impact on our consciousness journey.
0: Well, that is a uh, really important question for our time. I actually have a, a chapter on that in, in in the book Blind Spots. Yeah. About the what I call the information revolution, and um, I won't go into a lot of details now. But essentially, the point I make is that. Yes, we are. We are bombarded every day by a blizzard of information. Um, It's just way, way too much for us to, to process. And so what we need, in addition to the information revolution, is a consciousness revolution. We need to be able to process the information in a way that adds to our wisdom, not just to our body of knowledge. And knowledge without wisdom is um, probably dangerous. It's certainly not very useful. And so rather than focus on gathering more and more data and more and more information, at this point I think what we really need to do is to continue to focus on developing our awareness and ability to consciously embrace the different patterns that are coming at us from this information swirl and then to be able to intentionally pick out what's useful among this blizzard of information that's going to serve us and our communities and basically the environment as we move forward. So it's, it's a question of balancing the information revolution with a consciousness revolution. So to balance knowledge with wisdom.
2: Mm. You know, one of the things that I'm really struck by in today's world is exactly what you said, a 21 good reasons to think before you talk. And I'm assuming that, you know, what you're referring to here is talking in a, in the more conceptual sense. You know, because some people actually don't believe right now, Christian, that sending a text message is actually talking, right? It's texting. Uh-huh. But I think that, you're, you know, what your reference is, is, you know, good reasons to think before we, before we talk, good reasons to think before something comes out into the world, right, that we may or may not be able to either change or take back. And, you know, I'm not going to talk about some of the things that are being said from a political arena, but I'm really struck by how many people are going down this path and wish they could take what they say back, especially Uh, some of the young people in our society and, you know, what is going on in social media. Um, Is there such a thing as uh, taking something back in the world of consciousness?
0: Well, the thing is, we we can't go back in time. So once Mm -hmm. we have expressed something, whether it's actually through speech or through texting or writing letters in the old style. Once we once we've completed an action, there's no way to go back and undo it. And what we can do is to then make some choices going forward that either clean up whatever mess we might have made earlier on, um, or that neutralizes it in, in some way. Um, but we can't go back in time and change <laughs> what's already been completed. And people who um send an email or a text in the spur of a moment of, in, in in a moment of um, anger or high emotion, and then moments later regret it. Once they hit the send button, that's it. They can't go back and unsend it. Although I think I've heard that there are, there are some technologies out there that um kind of putting a delay on it. And so um, I don't know if it's already available, but I think there's somebody at least working on the possibility that um, you will have some moment um, after you send something, and then be able to delete it before it actually completes its journey. I don't know too much about the technology, um, yeah. but in general, we have to take responsibility for our actions. Uh, we can't go back and undo something. And if we do something that harms others or is, is it makes an error in some way, then it's up to up to us to take responsibility, to acknowledge it, and then take the steps to correct it.
2: Yeah. I mean, for those of you out there, um, there's so much in this book. And I love the way that, you know, you've prepared the book. You know, one of the things that you say is, listen, over time, you've jotted some things down. And now this book gives us an opportunity to explore. And we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about one of the things that, you know, I don't usually spend a lot of time in the appendix of a book, but I did hear. And, you know, the conversation is about miracles. And I know that Christian and I have heard this before. You say I shouldn't believe what you or anyone else has to say and that it's better to focus on my own beliefs. Nevertheless, I still wonder where the mysteries of the universe fit into your picture of reality. When we come back, we're going to talk about miracles. We're going to talk about reality, nature, and what we can, what we can Expect. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
3: Access Consciousness is coming back to Seattle this April for three amazing events. Mark your calendars. April 20th through the 22nd is the Access Consciousness Body Classes, created by Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here. facilitated by Dr. Glenna Rice. Explore verbal processes and hands-on bodywork that will unlock the tension, resistance, and dis-ease of the body by shifting energy dynamically. April 23rd through the 25th is the Advanced Access Body Class with Gary Douglas. What if you could undo a whole lot of limitations that you have locked into your body and create an alteration of the way your body functions? Then, on April 26th at 7 p.m., join Gary Douglas for the Abuse Hold class. This is the first time ever that this dynamic process is being presented in a class format. Find out more about these Access Consciousness April events in Seattle by visiting transformation.events. That's transformation.events.
4: What if we really didn't have to die to go to heaven? Are you curious about the afterlife or rebirth? The highly anticipated new book from author Dr. Susan Allison, You Don't Have to Die to Go to Heaven, is available now. Find out how to find guidance and healing in the spirit realms. Order the book today and put it on your must-read list for 2016. Visit drsusanallison.com to learn more. Discover the eight things the Elements of Prosperity want you to know.
5: Lynn Brown is hosting a life-transforming, soul-expanding evening on April 30th featuring guest speaker and radio host Dr. Pat Basile. Lynn was guided to make this a by-donation event for entrance, and all proceeds will be donated towards uplifting the homeless community. For more information and to get tickets, visit eventbrite.com. That's eventbrite.com and type Lynn Brown in the search.
1: I see, I see miracles, America's
3: Because everybody's looking for miracles.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to be uh, tuning you in and turning, uh, having you turn all of us on. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I really, really love how we get to connect with you. Um, And here's what I want to say you know, can you tell folks, uh, Christian, where they can get a copy of the book?
0: Well, yes, they can they can get it online at uh, at Amazon or any of the other online stores, but of course, they can also get it at the local brick and mortar bookstore, which I would encourage people to do to keep those folks in business. So it's available in bookstores nationwide and online.
2: Awesome. Um, I wanted to talk with you about miracles, but before we do, as I said before, we have a copy of the book to give away. 1 800 or you can send a message into uh, the drpatshow.com or transformation talk radio. Just type your message in there, put in your information, let us know who you are, uh, send us an address, and I will choose the first one that comes to me, and we'll get you a copy of the book. There we go. In the book, in the appendix, you talk about miracles. And I read a little bit about what you have here. Um, and so then you go on to talk about belief and what you say is when I invite people not to believe or what, uh, not to believe what I or others say, I do not suggest that you focus on your own beliefs instead. I was so fascinated by this and I think, man, this is a great way, a great way to kind of, you know, bring this full circle. Tell us a little bit about this, this appendix on miracles.
0: Well, well, yes, first of all, just to go back to the, the point about belief, I yep. talked about it earlier, is that yep. the, um, the emphasis for me is on experience rather than belief. Um, so let's go back to miracle. What is a miracle? Well, a miracle, by definition, is a supernatural intervention into the natural course of events, and therefore it's something that's not explainable um, by science, because it involves something supernatural. Now, um, whether or not miracles actually happen is something that science cannot determine. Um, but a lot of people will use the phrase miracle when what they really mean is a mystery. Um, and so, as again, as a philosopher, my, my work is to make these distinctions in language between the various ideas that we put out there. And so when people talk about miracles and what they really mean is a mystery then that's something that is worth clarifying. Um, A mystery is something that we don't know, we don't understand, that in principle, through further research and doing some further work, we can actually um, find the information and then come to understand it. But a miracle, by definition, is something that is not explainable and never will be explainable. If it could be explained, then it wouldn't be a miracle. So people tend to just, tend to describe events that they don't understand, something happens that they don't understand, and they will then um, just call it, oh, it's a miracle. Well, it might be a miracle or it might not be a miracle, but rather than just deciding that it's a miracle and not doing any further work to find out if there's some some knowledge or information that can be understood about what just happened, it might be better to first approach it um, from the perspective of a mystery rather than a miracle. And if it turns out that that there's no possible explanation, then we know we have a miracle on our hands. But if there is an explanation, then it was never a miracle, it was just a mystery. So science is in the business of exploring mysteries. Yeah. Um, Whereas... Spirituality and some religions are in the business of embracing miracles, yes. not not understanding them or explaining them, because by definition, because. But a miracle, if a miracle happens in somebody's life, it basically wakes them up to realize that there's something else going on in in their lives in the universe that's far deeper and more potent and powerful than our own individual consciousness, and that so we belong to what I call in, in my work the great cosmic democracy or another phrase that I use for that is the creative ultimate. I tend to avoid the word God because it comes with so much baggage.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, part of this too is I, I love that you call it that. And I love that we talk about it and you talk about this in the book and really talk about this as energy or source. There's just so many different ways now. People are... Being able to talk about and express themselves now, I think Christian, in a way that they can express how they feel about spirituality, how they feel about consciousness, you know, how they can talk about these stories, uh, and and you know, many people I think really want to beat up on you know the mainstream media or the mainstream in general, and yet it's really fascinating to see how our subcultures are really coming to the forefront and trying to express the mysteries in life. And, and, you know, that's part of, I think, what you're helping us with in the book. Thank you for joining me here today. I know I've got a minute or two left, and I wanted to ask you this. Probably there are a lot of things we did not talk about, but I wanted to ask you what your personal message is. And thank you for all that you do. What would you like to leave us with today?
0: Well thanks for that opportunity. Um, One of the chapters in the book is um, uh, basically exploring what I consider to be the, the mother of all blind spots, which is the idea that humans are special, and I think we really have to give up that story and recognize that humans are just one species among all the other species on this planet, in this ecosystem, and that we are all in this together. And we need to get beyond the idea that the world is there to serve the human race, that it serves the human species, that um, we need to recognize that every species has a right to fulfill its own potential uh, in, in life just as much as humans do. So we have to get beyond the idea that humans are special and recognize that we are one species among an ecosystem of Families of other
2: species.
0: Hmm. I want to thank
2: but, you so much. Thank you yeah. for everything. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Please give out your website again and let folks know about the book, if you could.
0: Yeah, sure. It's um, Christian de quincy dot com dot com or my Facebook page, Consciousness for Life, and the book is Blind Spot: Twenty One Good Reasons to Think Before You Talk.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, I want to thank all of you out there for tuning us in and turning us on. I want to remind everybody, you've got an hour of Sue Storm, the Angel Lady, coming up. We'll see you next time.
1: audio was via a Skype